0: From the KTOO Newsroom in Juneau, I'm Yvonne Cromery. Good afternoon. Juneau's municipal election season has officially wrapped up. Voters elected two new assembly members and re-elected two incumbents. While all of the winning candidates supported the city hall bond proposal, voters rejected it. KTOO's Katie Anastas has more.
1: The one proposition on the ballot this year asked voters whether or not to fund a new city hall through a $27 million bond. But despite rejecting that proposal... Voters elected four Assembly candidates who all supported it.
2: Overall, while there might have been some disagreement about this one issue, that wasn't the only issue that was important to voters.
1: Paul Kelly is one of the newly elected Assembly members. He spent much of his campaign knocking on voters' doors. And while he agreed with city leaders who said a new City Hall building was necessary, he understood voters' concerns about things like the amount of deferred maintenance that's piled up at the current building.
2: And I always ha- had the um, the caveat that if I get elected and the city hall passes, um, I'm going to make sure that we do things differently.
1: Voters rejected a thirty five million dollar bond proposal for a new city hall last year. The assembly voted unanimously to put a smaller bond back on the ballot in July. Alicia Hughes Gaes was on the assembly during that vote and was reelected this year. She says she spoke to voters who supported her but oppose the bond.
3: If you talk one on one with someone, they agreed. Oh, that's a pretty good plan. And yes, you know, you, your facts are good. We, I agree. OK, you've convinced me, but I'm still going to vote no because I'm mad that you put it back on the ballot the next year. So I think what I sort of see from that is that People didn't feel heard and they didn't
1: feel respected. Hugh Gandy says one assembly meeting kept coming up in conversation, the one where they put the bond proposal on the ballot. Assembly members can object to a motion in order to comment on it, even if they plan on voting yes. It's a chance for them to explain their thinking and to acknowledge points made by members of the public who might have been opposed. The bond vote happened nearly two and a half hours into a three-hour assembly meeting. No assembly members objected when Mayor Beth Weldon called for the vote. All right,
2: we have a motion on the floor. Any objection? Seeing none, that motion passes.
1: Hugh Scandies thinks no one objected because they had a packed agenda that night. They'd also spoken about it at previous committee meetings, which are also open to the public. But she still wishes an assembly member had taken the time to explain their vote.
3: You know, I would have still voted at that time, yes, but I wish that Uh, I did a better job personally communicating with the public on why we were doing it.
1: Multiple assembly candidates in this year's election called for more transparency in city government. Between that and some voters' skepticism about the city hall bond, Hugh Scandi says she's thinking about how they can make their decision-making easier for people to follow.
3: Because we are doing, like, the work in public, it's in committee meetings. But, like, if people are only watching the assembly meetings, they're, you know, it feels like, well, where are those decisions being made?
1: Hugh Scandy says that, for now, she's ready to step back from the City Hall issue. She doesn't think the bond will go back on the ballot anytime soon.
3: I mean, I think someday it should be. I don't know if it's next year. Like, honestly, right now, I'm like, I don't know. I think we we, we take a break from City Hall and we focus on other much-needed issues.
1: The Assembly allocated $16 million towards City Hall, which allowed for a smaller bond on this year's ballot. City officials say that money could be spent on renovations and repairs at the current building. In Juneau, I'm Katie Anastas.
0: An International Human Rights Commission has found that mining practices in British Columbia could violate the fundamental human rights of communities and tribes in Southeast Alaska. As KSTK's Sage Smiley reports, It's a significant step in a years-long effort by Southeast tribal leaders to have a say in the permitting of Canadian mining projects. Wrangell Island sits tucked at the mouth of the Stikine River Delta. The
4: silty water has sustained migratory birds, salmon, and people for thousands of years.
5: If I don't have enough salmon on a weekly basis, I feel like I am going to shrivel up and die.
4: A <laughs> scene, Esther Reese is the tribal administrator for Wrangell's tribal government.
5: But in all seriousness, my ancestors have managed the waterways and, and the lands in this area since time immemorial. They found the oldest domesticated dog bone on the back channel, and it is 10,000 years years old. And so it just shows how long our people have been on these lands and have relied on the waterways for our very survival. Reese is also president of the Southeast Alaska Indigenous Transboundary
4: Commission, a nonprofit consortium of 15 tribes that advocates for watershed protections and tribal representation in environmental decision-making processes. The
5: fact that There are these mines above the colonial border that do not have the best interest at heart for the environment and for living gently on the land is basically... What we're fighting against.
4: The largest tributary of the Stikine River, the Iskut, across the border in Canada, is almost entirely staked with mineral exploration claims. Southeast communities and tribal governments, and Alaska's congressional delegation, have long expressed concerns with mining practices in the Canadian province of British Columbia. Many operational and proposed mines in the province straddle what are called transboundary watersheds that flow from BC to southeast Alaska. Recent scientific studies have found that even if a mine doesn't have a catastrophic failure, mines can have watershed impacts hundreds of miles downstream and years into the future. In 2020, the Southeast Alaska Indigenous Transboundary Commission filed an international human rights complaint against the federal government of Canada and the provincial government of British Columbia. The complaint cites what's called the American Declaration of the Rights and Duties of Man, an international agreement formed in 1948 as one of the first actions of the United Nations. It's a non-binding declaration on the fundamental economic, social, and cultural rights of humans. Guy Archibald is the executive director of the Southeast Alaska Indigenous Transboundary Commission.
2: We filed a complaint alleging that Canada has violated that declaration because they have not consulted with anybody, and specifically the tribes here in southeast Alaska, on any of these mining projects.
4: Canadian officials took almost a year to respond to the complaint, well outside the designated time for response, which led to some back and forth over the ensuing years. In late August, the International Commission, called the Inter-American Commission on Human Rights, agreed that Canadian mining practices could be violating the fundamental rights of Southeast tribes and communities. That kicked off another round of review and opportunities to comment. Archibald says he hopes the Inter-American Commission will decide in favor of Southeast tribes. In his view, it would fundamentally change the way the Canadian federal and B.C. provincial governments approach mining.
2: They would have to assure that these mines are not going to pollute our waters. They're going to have to consult with us. They're going to have to respect our traditional cultural opportunities, some of which now reside within Canada and within B.C.
4: Canada wouldn't be forced to comply with recommendations from the International Human Rights Commission, it doesn't have any enforcement power. But Archibald says it could help.
2: Even if Canada kind of refuses to implement these recommendations, it would be a big embarrassment to them on the world stage that they do not uphold human rights. And I would also hope that any... Potential investor in any of these mining companies would also have second thoughts about investing their hard-earned money in the companies that violate human rights.
4: The Inter-American Commission on Human Rights did not respond to a request for comment on the evaluation process. In an emailed statement, a spokesperson for the Canadian Department of Justice said it is proactively participating, and that, quote, Canada recognizes the legitimacy of the petition process. Reese, Wrangell's tribal administrator, says a finding in favor of Southeast tribes would be a historic recognition of traditional territories and the rights of Indigenous people to be able to protect them.
5: It's... It's a very important fight. It's an emotional fight. We are not just fighting for us. We're fighting for those who come after us, just like those who came before us.
4: Southeast tribes and the Canadian government have four months to respond to the initial finding by the Inter-American Human Rights Commission. The commission could then issue a final finding
0: early next year. In Wrangle, I'm Sage Smiley. And as for the weather here in Juneau, it is currently 52 degrees and raining. There is more heavy rain on the forecast through Thursday, and there is a flood watch in effect from tonight until tomorrow morning. The National Weather Service says that Montana and Jordan Creek are likely to reach and exceed bankful tonight. If you live near or along the Montana or Jordan Creek area, stay alert and be prepared to take action. The heavy rain should slowly ease up, and by Saturday, there's a chance that it might be dry. You are listening to KTOO.